Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fuel by Growth podcast, a podcast for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. In today's episode, we have Dr. Anna Harrison, a top-ranked digital technology advisor, product expert, and author. She's the founder at Trump, a platform that helps entrepreneurs cultivate brand loyalty and has recently launched her book, Run Digital Romance. Uh, welcome, Anna. It's such a pleasure to have you here and to share your, your amazing experience with us. Thanks, Adriana. I'm so excited to be here. Really looking forward to our conversation. Great, great. So let's start diving deeper a bit into your own entrepreneurial journey. As I've gotten some insights into your background before, you went from media training to personal brand development to an architecture practice and, and so many other startups. So how did it all start it? Yeah, it's uh, you've done your research. One thing is for sure, my entrepreneurial journey, if you like, has been non-linear. And you can't at the surface tell exactly what connects all those different things I've done. But loosely speaking, it's just a, a very deep-seated curiosity. So one thing I can say for sure is that I have always done something which has been of tremendous interest to me. So I started out in IT and that took me overseas to working in London and in New York back in the day where, you know, tech was really, really hot and it was fun to be working in technology rather than in a bar. So um, that was good times. And, you know, from there, I sort of, um, I got an interest in software design and that led into design roles. And then I actually had a job designing a software system, which is now owned by IBM. It's called Tririgger. And that was a oh, system wow. for facilities management. Yeah. So I started working with architects and I had this feeling like, wow, I should have done architecture. This is so interesting. And so I did. I thought, let me become an architect. So for the next 10 years, I reskilled and I ran an um, interior design and residential architecture practice. And then, you know, my kids grew up and I thought, okay, probably time to focus on revenue generation seriously now. And so I went back, I did a PhD and full circle back into um, design, but in a, in a technology and digital context. So it seems unrelated, but it's basically been a journey of following things that are of interest to me. And through that, going on to the next thing and the next thing. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds amazing. Um, so on, on this journey, are there any challenges that you had to overcome and, and how did you manage to overcome? <laughs> I think if you live long enough, there's no shortage of challenges. So given I've lived long enough, my list is very, very long. And, you know, you overcome them. You basically, it's a marathon, right? So some days, the good days are easy for anyone. The days where you're winning and you're getting clients and everyone loves your product and, you know, you're feeling great, you're super fit, you're running marathons. Oh, amazing. And the hard days, I mean, you just have to put one foot in front of the other. You know, you've really got to focus and dig deep. And when at some phases in life, it's just knowing that you have kids who rely on you. At another phase in life, it's maybe a burning desire that you just have a strong feeling that what you're working on is really, really important to you. At other times, I don't know, you just curl up and cry in the corner. Like, you know, there's there's the full spectrum of days. So I think importantly, you've got to surround yourself with a small group of people who you trust. And, you know, on good days and on bad days, you have people you trust who are really on your team and um, they help to make those challenging times easier. And then, you know, that next level out is um, start to surround yourself with people who have been on the journey before. 
And, you know, a podcast is a wonderful way of doing that. Effectively, it allows you the privilege of having a conversation with someone who you know personally, but they've been on the journey. They can share their experiences with you. And so, you know, I hope your audience gets something out of this. I know I get a lot out of the podcasts I listen to. So kind of um, we're all we're all in this life together. And I think mm -hmm. if you can give someone a hand or be helped by someone, that's a good day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds amazing. So, I mean, and, and that's that's interesting because um, I was reading also some of your articles um, recently and, and you mentioned about the courage to work with others to create solution to work problems, right? So I imagine mm -hmm. that in that sense, collaboration has been an important aspect of, you know, building your own business, but also improving other. Absolutely. I think, you know, the in general, if you look at the complexity of problems in the world right now, they're hard problems. So without collaboration, I don't think any one of us has the skills necessary to actually make a dent in solving these hard problems. So not only is work more rewarding and fun, like we are definitely social creatures, as the last couple of years has shown us, you know, we desire to work and be with others. So through that, um, we fulfill ourselves, but also just looking at the pragmatics of it, problems are hard. You need, you know, if I look at in the digital technology sort of space, which I'm working in now, you need amazing copywriting, you need great designers, you need UI, UX people, you need people who know web development, marketing, psychology, behavioral economics. No one knows the full spectrum of things on their own. So absolutely, collaboration is just key. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So as a successful and multiple times entrepreneur, how do you shift from one business to another? Because it's kind of hard to say, all right, this is where I start this business and then I start another one. Is there a process that you follow or there are certain circumstances that allow you to do that, to make this shift? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, over time you develop your own process but there's absolutely an element of luck and timing. And then coming back to the collaboration aspect, collaboration plays a big part in that. So, you know, if you put interesting and curious people into a room, they will come up with an idea. And then creating a business from that idea, that's more where the process kicks in. Like, you know, there are steps that you follow. There are no shortcuts. You've just got to, at the end of the day, merely sit down and do the work, acquire the customers. You can definitely fast track that over time as you become a little bit more strategic and get some tools you know in your tool belt so to speak um, but yeah it's a little bit of both I think it's both curiosity and strategy do you have any tips in terms of like strategy or 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 things that you know you can recognize that allow you to you know improve or even scale a business yeah, um, yeah, I probably have two things, you know, two things that I lean on myself uh, pretty regularly. The first of these is use your use your digital presence, you know, in very often when you talk to entrepreneurs, very, very good at in-person sales. They can read the room, they understand what kind of blockers will come up for their target audience, and they solve all these things. And in person, we're good. And then when it comes to doing all of this in digital, we kind of forget. We forget that on the other side of our website is a human being and they want to form a relationship with our brand and we don't give them, we don't give them the right elements to do that. So I think the number one lesson is leverage digital. 
like don't forget it's really important to iron your shirt and put on your best face forward to the world through that touch point um, the second thing which I would say is really important is try to get to your target audience or your customers at scale so you know if I'm if I'm looking say for people who love buying shoes I can try and find a thousand people who love buying shoes or I could go to a um a shoe selling conference and reach 10,000 people with the one relationship or the one event or the one engagement. So trying to find aggregations of your target audience to shortcut access to them is a strategy that works really well, especially when you're getting started and you're in the early phase of growth because you just run out of time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, there is a there is a lot to cover and, and limited resources, especially when you start, right? So you want to be as efficient as possible with the little resources that you have in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, actually, I'm going to add, if you don't, I'm going to add a third thing, because this, this actually, I'm just looking down at, in front of my computer, I have all these cards that remind me of things, you know, one of them is merely do the work. So on a tough day, I look down and it's like, you know what, just put your head down and do the work. The other one is, remember, always to make someone's life better. Right. And so if you can figure out the way that your brand makes someone's life better, you've actually solved the problem and the rest is just mechanics. But you've got to tell them about how you make their life better. That's a really big part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So going back a bit to, to the digital presence, and this is a topic I love to talk about, especially how, how you create trust and, and transparency. If we were to focus on, on the on the online world, uh, especially now with we've we're just come recently out from a pandemic situation where everything, you know, all the relationships got moved a bit on more online. So um, what has been your experience so far? Because you've written a book, you have a platform to cultivate brand loyalties. So I'd like to know a bit more about this project. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you raise this idea of trust and digital trust is something that's become so important. So, you know, there's a few factors when you look at the tailwinds that are facing us right now. Right now, Google tells us that 100% of all buying decisions begin online, right? So whether you're say, selling paper clips or enterprise software or something in between, a buying decision will begin online. People go online, they Google your brand, they look at what other people are saying about your brand. And so if you are not in digital with your best foot forward, you don't even stand a chance. And I think importantly, people forget that your closest competitor is not in Zurich. Your closest competitor is not in the USA or down here in Australia. They're in the next tab. And there's absolutely no resistance to closing your tab because you don't engage and going to your competitor. So that's something important. 100% of all buying decisions begin online. The other thing that's true, and Forbes did a study a couple of years ago, is that 80% of all brands think they deliver an amazing experience, right? 80%. About 8% of customers agree. Oh, right? wow. so That is yeah. <laughs> tremendous <laughs> difference. I know, right? Well, yeah, like, yeah. Let that sink in. Yeah. 
right? So here we are, we think we're delivering an amazing experience, but actually we're not. So here's an example, right? How you've been to a website where you jump on the website and the very first thing that pops up is book a phone call, you know, book a phone call or book a demo or something like that. How often do you click on that button? Depends on the product, right? But usually yeah. there is a process in which you do, I personally do some research and after a while, I would go to the next step if the information that's on the website convinces me, right? Um, and I think that that's a process everyone goes through in a way, especially when you're about to, to buy something that's a bit maybe more expensive or it's a bit more risky or it impacts your, your lifestyle. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And what you've described, your process that you go through, and you're right, that is the typical process, is exactly the cadence that we all go through when we build trust. So in this case, digital trust, because we're doing it online with a brand that we don't know. So first we need to get to know the brand, right? Do they look good? Do they smell good? It's that first impression, just like when you meet a person for the very first time in real life. And then you wanna to get to know them a little bit more. You know, in real life, you'd go out for coffee a few times and get to, know, get to establish a friendship. And that's how we build trust in real life. And again, we forget all of this in digital. We forget that on the other side of the screen is a human being and they form relationships in really predictable ways. And so imagine if you met someone for the first time, you go out on a lovely date and they say to you, hey, let's get married and have kids. And you'd be like, free? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Hang on, you know. And you know, what's wrong with that? The same, exactly the same words two years down the track might be completely appropriate, but on a yeah. first date, they're not. And so we come back to digital and this idea that we're trying to establish trust and leading with book a call is exactly the same as asking someone for marriage on the first date. No, first you've got to give me a chance to get to know you. So what's more appropriate? Maybe view a demo, maybe download some information, maybe play around with, you know, a little widget here, which calculates your return on investment. Maybe customize this particular dress to be the color that you want it to be. That's getting to know me. You know, book a demo is much further down track. And so this whole process and what feels right is how we establish digital trust online. And, you know, coming back to the tailwinds, when every buying decision begins online, it's super important that we understand how to do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are, I, there are a couple of ideas like working in marketing, I can see them time and time again, repeating this, you know, book a demo immediately. So these are things that, you know, even being in the field, it makes me think about, oh, maybe I should improve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and here's motivation, right? So this is where you come down to objective measures. Uh, book a demo might get a 5% click rate. As soon mm -hmm. as you change that to view a demo, you can raise the conversion rate to about 30 or 40%. That's huge. And yeah. if you put book a demo on the back of that button, so at the end of your demo video, if you then invite people to book a phone call, it's almost 100% conversion rate because you've got to know someone, you've developed the relationship with your brand in the right order that we as human beings expect. So it makes yeah. a big difference in conversion rates, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and, and yeah, so 
what are the elements that you would say are necessary to create trust, right? Because there are certain things that help, you know, moving towards that that conversion and that, you know, schedule a demo. So one of them is being like giving more information uh, about a certain product. Are there any other elements that could help create the trust in, in our online presence? Yeah, for sure. So if you, you know, kind of uh, switching over, if you have a, a flick through digital brand romance in the middle there, I describe the six steps. So loosely speaking, if you think of your customer journey, it consists of about six really emotional, uh, really important emotional milestones that we go through in the process of building digital trust. So when someone is a stranger, they arrive at your website, the very first element that you have is first impression. So it's roughly six seconds or 10 seconds to form a really good first impression. That's all you've got. And then when you look at the elements that go into that, the only elements we have at our disposal are things like font and color and brand identity and the kind of imagery that we use to make that first impression. So those are your elements. That's your first impression. And you have to get that right. If you don't get that right, remember that your competitor is in the next tab and people who leave your brand, almost 90% of them will never come back. So you get one shot, right? Yeah, so one opportunity. One opportunity, yeah. Kind of like in person. If you go to a job interview and you bomb it, sorry, better luck next time with someone else. Yeah. So yeah. then that next stage is the, the three-minute mark. And at three minutes, it's, you know, the parallel in real life, it's probably when you've got to know someone to a point where you've become friends. So in digital, you've told your brand story. And the elements that come into that are the order of, you know, the, the order of things on your homepage. So it's really homepage structure and homepage layout. The navigation that you put into your site is your navigation structure telling a story and encouraging me to develop a relationship. And then the third element there is your call to action buttons. So your call to action buttons give people a way, a way to progress the relationship, you know, from download a spec sheet, maybe view a demo, maybe book a phone call, maybe start a free trial. And you can see how the progression of those call to actions deepens my relationship with your brand, right? And then we yep. go on to sign up and, and so on, and we can start to put levers into the product that help us to buy the product and upgrade at the right time. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, so th this this is really interesting. And for, for the audience listening to, to this podcast, we will leave the the link to, to the brand page, the romance book. So you can also have um, access to, to this insights and, and things that you can apply and implement on your website as well. Um, so let's go a bit because you have your book, but also you have Gram, which is also a platform to to create customer brand loyalty. So, how what what's the stage of the project and how did it all started? Yeah, well, how it started is a really curious story. So, about fifteen, maybe even more years ago, I was reading an article in the New Yorker called "To Fall in Love with Anyone, Do This." 
and you've probably read it. And if you haven't, put a link in for the audience. It's fascinating. So there's this journalist that comes across this research from Columbia University, and the researchers at Columbia have devised a formula for love, right? So they're like, here's 36 questions, and if two people who are willing and open to the idea go through the process of uh, asking each other these 36 questions in this order, guaranteed you're going to fall in love. And so this journalist is like, this is a bunch of, you know, rubbish. I'm going to go and test it out. She goes and tests it out. And I won't tell you how the story ends, but it ends really well. So I'm like, no way. This is crazy. You can't have a formula for love, right? And I actually went back and looked at all the research from Columbia University. And it was fascinating. Like the questions, once you look really deeply into the questions, they're in an order that progressively gets more intimate. Right. And so by the end of two hours, you go from being complete strangers where you're talking about what's your favorite color, what's your favorite food. Right. And you go from there to really intimate questions like, um, what do you think that you and I have in common and what are our shared values? I mean, this is in two hours. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, how does this work? And more importantly, can I apply this in business? And so then for the next sort of 10 years, I started this uh, personal series of experiments where I tried to take exactly this philosophy and apply it in business. And I'm like, it works. So when you're pitching, you know, when you're going on a sales call or you're doing a, a presentation at a, you know, at a conference or anything like that, exactly the same pattern applies. And it's a way and the pattern applies because we as humans respond to a really predictable way in which we build trust and make relationships. And so how does RAMP fit into all of this? So the book describes the process. And um, there's also a series of courses that go along with the book. But at some point, I sort of realized, you know what, people don't necessarily want to read books, they just want a button they can press, that will give them all the answers. And so RAMP came out of a desire to fill that. It's, you know, it's automates all of the lessons that are in the book. So you can certainly pick that up and apply it to your own business. But if you want something like a piece of tech that's going to run across, ingest all of your website stats and then give you guidance around what are the failure points in your digital presence? What can you improve to improve the level of trust and increase your conversion rates? Then that's what Ramp is designed to do. And we're hope Touchwood will be launching that to market at the end of June this year. So a couple more months. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that sounds amazing. I wish you the best of luck and and hope a lot of success. Um, so I. Ramp is in, in the process of, of, let's say, launching at the moment. How, how do you see the business scaling in the future? Or is it that too soon to talk about? No, it's an exciting thing to talk about. It's, it's what I think about at three o'clock in the morning. So we oh. can talk about four hours. Right? <laughs> it's, what I'm, it's my laser focus at the moment. So, you know, we're scaling ramp like right from the get-go. Again, once you've done enough things in life, you get a sense that this is the one. And so ramp, uh, we are launching with a free product at the end of June. So anyone can jump on and run a diagnostic guidance report across their website. So for your listeners, go ahead and use it. It will give you um, a prioritized list 
list of actions which you can go away and apply to your website straight away to improve conversion rates. And from there, we'll be gradually adding more and more. So towards the end of the year, the full range of the product will have things like competitive analysis. So you can see how your brand is performing in relation to other brands um, and, you know, typical subscription models. So it's, um, I mean, because of the nature of digital, it's designed to be globally applicable. And, um, you know, the common, the thing that goes into the tool are your website statistics, like number of site visitors, bounce rates, all the things that come out of Google anyway, and the mm -hmm. rest of the process is automated. So certainly applicable across any industry, because once again, we're looking at how do we form relationships as humans, and that uh, cuts across any industry and any brand. That's that's impressive. And we will leave the links in, in, in the description of the podcast for, for anyone interested in, in checking out the platform. Um, so are just we're reaching towards the end of, of the of the episode. Are there any um, insights or strategies you'd like to recommend to someone that started uh, that's starting their own business? I think stay true to yourself. You know, I think very often we look at all these people who have success and it seems like they always knew right from the beginning. And the reality is that purpose and the quest for what it is that you should be doing is often written retrospectively. So, you know, I can look back on 25 years of work and say I did everything on purpose. And the truth is I followed my curiosity. I never stopped learning. I followed my curiosity. I start each day with exercise and good food and, you know, prioritize the things that are important for the long run because it's a marathon. So do things that interest you, never stop learning and really have a true focus on how do you make someone's life better? Because I think if you have those ingredients in place and you're looking after yourself and your own fitness and health, you're doing curious things and you're looking for ways to make someone's life better, you can't help but succeed with time and have a lot of fun in the process. Like, you know, life is short, have fun. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, we, you will go through easier and tougher moments, but it's important to, to always enjoy the, the journey, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, Great. So thank you very much for, for you know, sharing your experience. It, it, it has been such an amazing, uh, such an amazing conversation and I hope everyone else enjoys it as well. Um, I'd like to thank you for your time and uh, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Thanks, Adriana, and really appreciate the chat. Have a great day. Have a great day.